And welcome back to another episode of the Perspective Podcast. I go by Marty Lee. We got Tevin in the building tonight. We are going to break down the second round of the NBA playoffs uh, because we finally, we finally got here. Finally got here to the conference playoff conference round. So, uh, T, how you how you feeling, dog? Doing good. Just enjoying all these games and. Uh... Just ready to talk about <laughs> what's been going on today. Facts, facts. So, uh, so first off, we can go ahead and start off with the the sweep that took place. Both of us got it wrong. Uh, the Suns, <laughs> the Suns went in there and they handled business against uh, the Nuggets. Um, uh, complete sweep action. So uh, they got them out of there in four games. Devin Booker continues to impress. Chris Paul may be playing the best maybe the best basketball of his career. Uh, so so what, what are your thoughts on, on that series? Man, uh, I'm just – I can't – I'm just impressed with Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't see none of this coming. I didn't see Devin Booker getting this good. I didn't see Chris Paul still being this effective. I didn't see them shoot the ball this well. The defense is, is tenacious. Honestly, like that's the one thing that's been overlooked with their defense, even though their offense has been off the charts. Like their their ability to play like in different ways, to play fast, slow, uh, get out in transition. They got the half court game with three guards just playing out their mind right now. Um, and the to me, they looking like the favorite to to win it all. Honestly, with out of all the teams that's left, because number one, they're the most healthy, and number two, that they have. A player, two players they can go to in crunch time. There's great free throw shooters, great mid range shooters, good finishers, yeah. and that can pretty much control the the pace of a game. And you always need that in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm very very uh, impressed by what the Suns have done in this short amount of time being together. Yeah, yeah, they definitely been able to put in put in work. Other other guys are stepping up. Jay Crowder's hitting timely shots. Uh, DeAndre Aiden, he may be the best big man left in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? As far as just his level of play, because uh, he's definitely he, – he pretty much – him and Joker were pretty much just a wash for each other. Uh, he pretty much neutralized him uh, after get gaining confidence against, you know, a, a beat-up Lakers team. But nonetheless, he did he did what he had to do uh, to, to make his mark. So, um, aside from that, we saw Joker got ejected from game four. I think that was a I think that was a weak decision uh, to eject the MVP in a in a closeout game on their home floor, but I mean I get it by the letter of the law. A wind up, hit him in the face, kick campaign in the face. Everybody knows how knows how I feel about campaign, but he's he's shown he's shown improvements in in this playoff series as well. But uh, I think it was a weak move to eject Joker that way, and so uh, the Suns move on. The Suns move on, and so. Uh, that moves us over here to the uh, to the other matchup that took place, which was the Clippers and the Jazz. Um, I picked Utah. I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. Uh, Mike Conley didn't really play until the final game. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, he played with ankle sprains and I believe both ankles, but I believe the right ankle was the, the one that really gave him the most trouble. Um, 
How how do you feel about how they handled that one, uh, especially in that series, including a Kawhi possibly has a torn ACL. So, yeah, um, I picked the Jazz too. Picked them to win it. I thought that they were a better overall team, but uh, I didn't see Mike Conley not playing until the last game. I thought I thought he was healthy. I guess I, I just assumed he was healthy, so that was wrong on my part. And Donovan, I thought he was healthy as well, but I feel like they would. I feel like they could have should have still gave up more, gave him more of a fight with that team against the Clippers team that lost Kawhi in what game five he went out because he didn't play the closeout game. Yeah, he didn't so, play a closer game. He got hurt on yeah. uh, it was a game, game four, or game five. He got hurt, but I right. remember he whenever he went to the rim, like uh, that's when he grabbed his knee afterwards. But uh, yeah, one of those games he didn't even. I think it was game four. He didn't even finish on 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 the you know at home. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's whenever he sat over there on, on the side. So that must have been game four. He was hurt, and yeah, it's it's unfortunate for Kawhi. But go ahead, go ahead. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Right, but yeah, um, so I, um, yeah, I thought you were talking about it, so I get, but so you, I guess you got to give credit to the Clippers for overcoming that. Your best player gone, and you still able to people stepping up, making shots, big shots, scoring a lot of points. Uh, then game six was the Terrence Mann game, where he just I, I don't know how you go from scoring maybe like six points a game to. 39 in the closeout game, but hey, he did. Uh, they needed it because um, I feel like if they would have won one more game in Utah, maybe they could have pulled it off. Because just like I said, game seven on at home, you never know what happened. So that was good for them. And uh, the Clippers, the Clippers did one thing about the Clippers that they did is show me that they're resilient, like way more confident in themselves than last year, and they make better in game adjustments. Because they got Gobert out of that paint. Once they got him out the paint, that's when that lane got open. That's when the shooters started getting open. So you got to give kudos to Tyron for doing that. Um, and for the Jazz, I mean, I just hated to see it. I just hate to see it end like that for them. They had number one seed in the whole in the whole league, and then to go out like that against a team that's undermanned, you know, it's kind of feeling. But they were undermanned as well, but everybody getting hurt these playoffs. So that's another big takeaway from all these. Every series we're going to talk about, somebody major is hurt. So uh, we're going to get into that get into that later. But um, yeah, bro, just just kudos to the Clippers for them players stepping up and for Tom Lou making them uh, good coaching decisions. Yeah, shout out, shout out the championship coach, T. Talu, uh, making those making those the correct adjustments uh, in order to secure that advancement into the Western Conference Finals, which is the Clippers' first Western Conference Finals in their in their franchise history. So uh, shout out to them. Um, it's nice to see a Paul George sighting, uh, like the real PG, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And I see a lot of people giving PG his, his, his credit, his flowers, whatever, the, whatever you want to call it. That's cool, but you're an all-star player. You're supposed to be doing this on a regular basis. So I'm not just going to, like, roll out the red carpet for you. Thank you for finally showing up and doing what, people expect you to do you know what i'm saying so you get paid uh, max dollars to do yes you get paid max dollars they pretty much traded traded all their future assets in order to pick you know to to get you on the squad so uh i i me and i'm pretty sure other other clipper fans are happy i know my cousin he's a big clipper fan so uh you know shout out to them for actually getting it done and maybe this may be something to look look into going further but this clipper team 
minus one of their stars, minus PG, minus Kawhi. Uh, it might be possible that they just may be a better team without, you know what I'm saying, one or the other. Because if you sit there and look at it, PG didn't play in all the games this year. Kawhi didn't play in all the games this year. But when one, of the, one or the other played, it seems like they have the same continuity, like, of what we saw in the closeout game. So, I don't know. That just may be something to look at. Or uh, PG and, and Kawhi, they don't operate in the same spaces. So, uh, that just may be be a better better uh, thing for them. But hopefully Kawhi is okay. Uh, he's had a history of knee issues uh, throughout his career going back to his San Antonio days. Uh, so, hopefully this isn't something that's super severe and puts him back or causes him to miss a, a chunk of the season, this this right. upcoming season. So, yeah, because uh, this could cost them their championship this year, that one, that Kawhi injury. Yeah, and this is, you know what I'm saying? This is this is their, the spotlight is on them in L.A. Right. right now. You know what I mean? Lakers gone, even in Cali. Just the Lakers aren't nowhere to be found right now. The Warriors in uh, a molding phase. Uh, so, yeah, this is all eyes on the Clippers if, if you're in Cali. So uh, we'll see to be determined. But uh, game one of the Western Conference Finals, we'll get into that in a little bit later. But we'll move over to the Eastern Conference there where we have uh, the Bucks and the Bucks and the Nets, man. I, oh, my goodness, man. The Bucks and the Nets. Uh, I believe that was game what game was that, that that we were texting back and forth where, where Kyrie, like, rolled his ankle? Was that five? That was game – yep, game five because he didn't – because Harden had to come back to play game six yep. and seven. Yeah, so uh, g- give us your takeaways from uh, from that from that series there with, with the Bucks and Nets there. Uh, injuries called – injuries – Definitely affected this series. That's the that's to be the it's have an asterisk for injuries affect, affected this series. Because if Kyrie or Harden is at full strength with Durant, like ain't no way Milwaukee beat them with how they play. Like they make some bad, they do some terrible offensive decisions, like a lot. And they defensive matchups, they they, they can't ever get them right for some reason. The only thing they got right is putting PJ Tucker on Kevin Durant. Like to get physical with them. That's the only thing they got right. Everything else they be getting, they got wrong. Um, they wasn't shooting it well at all. Uh, they wasn't guarding well. Um, they they so they really just survived. Like Durant made it that hard, that much harder for them. That Durant made it that hard for them just to beat him by himself. Like he took them two extra games that they shouldn't have. Like an extra Never. game that they shouldn't have had to play. Like. Once game five was done, like game six should have been Milwaukee's to take. But, um, yeah, Durant just showed that now uh, I think he might be – that he might be the best player in the league because offensively he has zero offensive holes in this game. And on defense he can hold his – he really can't – he's skinny, but he hold, he can hold his own and guard his man. So uh, he just took it up another – Another notch, which is going to set the Nets up good for next year because it was amazing that he looked that good coming off an of Achilles injury. So they get a whole offseason to get healthy, get back in the – they get to play together. Steve Nash gets to learn his team uh, more. So maybe their rotations will be better because they could have won, but I think their rotations wouldn't too good either because 
Durant can't be playing the whole game. So, like, you got to give a man a break at sometimes. Like, maybe if it's two, if it's three minutes, three minutes yeah. you could take a timeout, like, right before TV timeout to make it extended or something like that. Like, you got to find ways to, like, get that man some rest. But, I mean, you, you I know you don't want to do it, but throw Jeff Green out there for a couple minutes by himself. Throw Blake out there with Jeff Green and just, just – A hobble right. James, just somebody. You got to try it. You got to right. try something. Right, you can do that, and you can do that early in the game too. You don't have to like when it's because when it's crunch time, you know, all right, he got to be on the court. So do it early in early in the first quarter. Maybe do it earlier in the second in the second quarter. Sometime like just get him get him out the game so he can get some rest to be fresh to drop that 55, 60 points that you gonna you gonna need from yeah. But um, hey man, Milwaukee they 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 took care of they found a way they found a way to take care of business and move on. They survived, and now they're going on to a matchup that's way more favorable for them than the next one was last series. Absolutely. Totally agreed. I hated to see – I really hated to see Milwaukee advance uh, like they did uh, because y'all know how I feel about Utah. Y'all know how I feel about Milwaukee. Um, I despise both teams. <laughs> but but it's they, they found a way to advance, uh, as you stated. Um, in between that, we, we've noticed the Giannis struggles, um, whether if it's from not just the free throw line, but just overall shooting, uh, whether if it's threes, whether if it's in like elbow jumpers, uh, the, the final play in regulation of game seven was a Giannis in the corner fade away in the corner of his own corner of the bench. It was by far like the, the worst play call I've ever seen in my life. Like, like at sure. that part of the game i'm watching the game as soon as they pan the camera onto the court i pointed at brent forbes i said why is he out there <laughs> why is he out there i say with the game on the line tied i know he's not about to make this game in the shot that was the number one thing number two drew holiday is the second best shooter why in the world was he taking the ball out of bounds why is he <laughs> in- inbounding the ball that time and whenever brooke lopez got the ball in the corner when the shot clock expired, <laughs> like, <laughs> I got a theory on that one. Adam, the, the front office, NBA office called down for that. They said, Hey, you all know what to do. <laughs> like, run that <laughs> clock a little early. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I know y'all want to get to the finals, but um, Brooklyn gonna make us a whole lot more money than Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I think they, somebody got a call because he's Adam just, Silver, like, Adam Silver in the back punching air, like, <laughs> bro. The thing was that, that I knew some of them, they took a timeout right before that. Yeah. It was a long timeout. So I'm long like, long timeout. Yeah. You knew how much time was on that clock. Somebody got a phone call yeah. to, to turn that ball over, to not make that shot right there. Then KD went down, knocked his shot down. Then they come back with the worst. Then Bud drops with the worst. But I'm like, your second best shooter can't be inbounding ball. I was like, Connaughton should have been inbounding it, or heck, Giannis should have inbounded it. Yeah. We know because we know if he's not dunking it, he definitely ain't about to make no game on the jump shot. Like, that's off dump. So, yeah, yeah that was terrible, terrible coaching. Now, I will say that that game seven, though, the Brooklyn and Milwaukee, that was by far one of one of the best basketball games just of the year, uh, right. of the season. Maybe right. that's one of the best games I would say in the last couple postseasons. Uh, I would put that game, that one is. It's not Kawhi's bounce shot in Toronto. It's not that one, but it's close. It's like a it's like a third or or, or fourth. You know what I'm saying compared to uh, the other 
the next, the second, one of the second best games I would say is Clay's game six in Oklahoma City, like whenever he went nuts. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, overall that that was a really good game. It was some questionable coaching, but I think we all uh, question Coach Bud's decisions uh, that he makes, whether it's defensive adjustments, play calling, matchups, uh, just whatever the case may be. And uh, Giannis got away. Giannis got away with this one uh, because yeah. for you to be a defensive player of the year, for you to be a back-to-back MVP, and for you to run from the challenge of guarding the best player in the world. And he gave him his flowers. He gave Kevin Durant his flowers in the midst of battle. Like, that's that's athlete code. Like, you, you never give somebody else that type of love until, you know, the final buzzer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Salute Giannis for just definitely recognizing KD, you know what I'm saying, as, as he is, but not in the midst of battle. We do we don't we don't do that one in the midst of battle. Maybe that maybe that's Greek culture. Maybe that's something that, that they yeah, do. He's, one of his flaws is he's too nice of a guy. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm gonna play, I'm not gonna guard Kevin Durant because that's not what the coach wants me to do. I don't care what the coach wants you to do. <laughs> you the only person his size, and you the defensive player of the year. You about to guard him today. You better yes. say you wanna guard him. Yes. Like I don't care. I don't. I don't care if I'm like uh, you. Got to over. Like I don't. Uh-uh, I ain't buying that. I ain't buying. It's it's two people. I ain't buying no more excuses from. And he's number two. We gonna get to number one. Hey, yo, I didn't know. <laughs> Cause boy, I'm I'm ready. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And so no more excuses for Giannis. And the crazy thing, Giannis's next matchup, he is about to eat. He is about to eat. You know what I'm saying? And I, I don't and I, know. John comes about to show y'all why we should have drafted him. All right. Well, we go. We go. Move on to that series. Series in a minute. And so, uh, Milwaukee survives. They move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, we didn't. We did not find out who they're going to play until late last night, uh, where the Hawks took out Philly in Philly for Game Seven. The Hawks pick is the only pick in the uh, in the semifinals that I got correct you on the either Hawks? side. Of, yes, I, I picked the Hawks in six, but I picked, I picked the Hawks in six. But they no, Hawks. I got, I got the we, I got the Nets pick right. I think I picked the Nets. I think I did. We're gonna have to go back to the tape. We're gonna have to go back to the tape. Whoa. Yeah, I got my notes. But I'm sure I, got, I had to pick. I had to pick the Nets. I, they was healthy, so I know I picked the Nets. Yeah, at the time, yeah, the Nets were healthy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Um, so, uh, yeah, the the Hawks, they advanced. They ended up beating Philly in seven games. Um, started off game one. The Hawks ended up winning game one. Uh, shortly after that, Philly won game two, game three. And I saw something in game three of that matchup there where Philly had a huge lead once again. And this is kind of like a, a theme that they had for game three, four, five and six um where philly built these leads here and the hawks just found the correct lineups and that is coach nate nate mcmillan you got to salute the adjustments you got to salute finding the correct matchups finding finding guys that are willing to go out there and really just you know what i'm saying really ball out but coach nate he really had he made those adjustments i noticed that the hawks they were chipping away at the at the sixth lead and in game three, a lot of people were just kind of leaving. It was a blowout. The Hawks ended up making it. I think the Hawks lost by eight whenever they were down 20-plus points. Uh, but yeah. Hawks ended up coming back, winning this uh, entire series. We know Joel Embiid played with the torn, uh, like a torn meniscus uh, in his right knee. 
And as the series went on longer, the more it affected him. Uh, some things that I noticed about Joe is like the first half, it was like they gave him that shot in the first half of every single game. And he just hooped. He just balled hard. Uh, some of those games, he had 30, 30 plus points, 35 plus points. And the second half, he comes out, he's no good. Like, no good at all. Uh, Philly blew an 18-point lead. They blew a 26-point lead. And one of those games, uh, Embiid went scoreless in the second half. Like, he was over 12 in, in, in the second half of one of those games. So, uh, just aside from those clip notes, well, what, what did you take away from, from that? That that was a really good matchup. But what did you take away from that one? It was. Uh... Philly, once again, let it. Philly let it let the opportunity slip right through their hands. Yep. Like you up three, you up two one in game four, and you up eighteen points. You got to find a way to close it out. You up, it's two two in game. Was it two two? In game five, or was yep. it games? In game five, y'all had they had the twenty six point lead. Where right? blew it. And blew it. So now you're blew down three it. two. Now you're down three two, and you got to win two one on the road and one at home. Yeah, they but collapsed home. on their on their home floor in game five. Right, and they won, but they won if in ATL. Atlanta game six, and then lost at home in game seven. But um, the Embiid thing is the getting tired thing is something. It's a real thing, but it's because he has to do so much for that. Well, he has to do so much because he has you're to because he has to compensate. To because they they basically play four and five a lot of times because their second best the second best player can't is he useless. won't won't shoot he's he's useless I'm gonna just put it straight like that he can't shoot free throws he can't shoot a jump shot he don't post up why do I have you on my basketball court sir like. All they do is I don't know what that little spot is under the goal, like on the baseline. I call it like the drop spot because that's usually where the, the guard drives and he drops off the pass for the big man to dunk. That's so he just stands in that little drop spot the whole time and don't do anything on offense. So Embiid is forced to like work extra hard to get his points, and then once they start doubling Embiid down low, like he got to go outside because Ben can't be outside. That's why Embiid drifts so much because Ben can't. Because Embiid can't, I mean, because that's why Embiid drifts so much because Ben can't do nothing. So Embiid got to go to the three-point line just to get some space to operate because Ben is under there just standing, looking, uh, passing the ball. Hanging out. Right. So Ben Simmons, I'm going to give him 80% of the blame and Doc, and Doc, and Doc gets the other 20%. Joe, I don't blame Embiid for nothing. He, I mean, this is what told Andy still gave big buckets. Yeah. Tobias had a terrible game six. I think he had four points that game. Game seven, I guess he had game seven. I don't know what his stats was, but they should have still won because there was no answer for him. Ben was, and nobody on that team physically can guard Ben Simmons, but his deficiencies ruined every, any chance of seven, any, yeah, any chance of the 76 had. Sixers had, but the Hawks and the Hawks took advantage of it. They were making their threes. Nate did a great job putting in his irrational confidence guys when they was down big, like Gallinari, Bogey, Lou Will, Trey, like them, them like four people that don't care, like they don't care about nothing. They don't get their shots up, like no matter what, they're gonna try to stay in their mind, they they can get a bucket whenever. So he, he did a good job putting them in to get the runs. 
making good uh, adjustments with the bend match with exploiting bend with the hack of yeah. bend because that free throw shooting he that's terrible. It, it makes no it makes zero sense for you to be that that bad at anything as an NBA player. So one thing I found out today, he's really right hand. Really? Yes. The only thing he does with his left hand is try to shoot. But if you look at his finishes, he he finishes mostly with his right hand, but he writes with his right hand. He throws with his right hand. He's right-handed. He's The only reason he used his left hand is because he said his dad made him when he was a kid. Like, you, you know, use his left hand so he can get good with it. But he's really right-handed. They got a video of him shooting free throws with his right hand. Shot looks normal. Normal. Uh, see? See? And see that and just to kind of add to these Ben Simmons uh issues here, yes, we're piling on Ben Simmons because you're a hundred million dollar man, you've been in the league too long. Six years, you ain't should, it? Yeah, regardless. You should you should be way better by this. You on you're on a contract extension. Like you should be better than this. Game one, he went two for two. Game two, he didn't shoot at all. Game three, one for one. Game four, five, six, and seven, he did not t- attempt one field goal. One field goal, not one field goal. Uh, it's obvious it was in his head, especially there at the end of game seven. He had the the layup dunk op- opportunity right there, <laughs> and he spinned off. He spinned off a gallo, left him, and he's literally at the like you say, he's at the at the drop zone. He's in the paint. He's, he's in, in the, the circle. <laughs> it was a beautiful spin. He spins and he dishes it to to Thabo, and Thabo gets fouled. It's uh, a potential three-point possession turns into a one-point possession because Thabo made uh, one out of the two free throws. And that pretty much you felt. I felt it. Like, as I'm sitting there watching it, you can see the air just kind of go out of the arena. You know what I'm saying? And uh, Philly fans are tough, man. Philly fans, they're going to they gonna let you have it. Whether if you're an Eagles fan, Flyers fan, uh, Sixers fan, just whatever, Phillies fan, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're going to let you have it. Like, And I think this is a... Uh, I think this is the end of the Ben, ben Simmons experiment in Philly. Um, it's a wrap. And to your point about spacing, their three main guys use the same space on the floor. Harris, elbows, or the elbow or the free throw line and below is his strength. He can knock down a couple wing threes. The corner three is always the easiest shot in basketball, you know, aside from free throw. Uh, but Harris operates pretty much elbows or free throw line below. Embiid, monster in the paint, even with a torn meniscus. Ben Simmons just hangs out down there below. For what reason? No clue. But uh, and you don't have other good good spaces like your other spaces is who? I mean, Seth is one. Seth and Seth is really the only one that really uh, can give you twenty five. He can give you twenty five plus points a game. I think if Seth takes over the, the starting point guard position next year, I think uh, it is a improved Philly team. So, um, to be determined, to be determined. And I see a lot of things out there that a lot of people are suggesting, uh, Ben, ship Ben over, over to your team, uh, but for CJ, um, so to be determined, to be determined. I look, honestly, I would, (laughs) I would take them (laughs) like, no cap. I'll take them. You just have to change the offense. Like, well, you get a new coach. So either, either use him like. Either use them like Draymond or improve. Either use them like Draymond or improve his shot. 
or just build around him with Dame with shooters like Dame and just some old shooters. But um, I honestly, I want, I want, I think Philly gonna trade him, but his talent is like his abilities is to me is like still kind of infatuating. What I would do, I would probably give him maybe if I see his shot improve during the summer, like if I'm working with him or whatever, if we working with him and he working on the shot, if I see it improve, I'm gonna give him about. 15 to 20, I'm making about 20 games and see like if he's shooting jumpers, is he making them? And if he if it's if it's working, I'm keeping him. I'm I just gotta keep him because I can I'm like, okay, he can put in the work. Yeah. If he puts in more work, then we can get to where we're gonna get to. But if the first 20 games, if that shot ain't falling or if he's looking like the same being, I gotta get out of there. Pack it up. I gotta get I gotta get you out of there as soon as possible. Because in B, we don't know how long he's gonna be this healthy. Like yeah. And, you know, healthy and still in shape. So, and Doc ain't gonna be coaching for too much longer. So they, they windows short. So uh, I would give them no more than twenty games uh, to evaluate him in games to see like what, like what he working with. But after that, I make my, I would, I would make my final decision. But they might have to trade him now because it, it might be, even though it's the lowest, you, even though you might not get all you want right now, if you wait and he still look the same his trade value drops even more. So it's a, it's feeling a tough spot, bro. Catch 22. You know what I'm saying? That's just the, that's, that's just the situation that they're in, but it is what it is. Philly fans, good luck to y'all. I know that was embarrassing to watch because I was embarrassed to watch that. Uh, I wasn't, I was embarrassed to watch game five blowing an 18 point in game. uh, Well, the, the 26 point collapse at home and the 18 point collapse. Uh, so I was, it was, that, that's terrible to see. You, you can't, you can't have that. Uh, a lot of Doc's former competitors is killing him today on, uh, all socials. Josh Smith getting his, getting his stuff off. Uh, I know Talu is somewhere getting, getting the last laugh. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm not going to, oh yeah. I don't want to let Doc off the hook. When you see them leave, starting to like, uh, What's the word? Decimate, whatever. Evaporate. <laughs> yeah, when you start seeing the league going down, you gotta stop the bleed. You gotta play. Hey, we need to we need to get to the free throw line. We need to get some easy buckets. We need to get in transition. I need to make some lineup adjustments. Like I don't understand. Like you have a twenty six point lead. You have the most this one of the two best centers in the league. How are you not getting easy? Like good positions, like putting putting the ball down low in the post, getting people from foul trouble getting layups you got being down there too just do make him do something like or and if he not effective just take him out of the game like i know he a superstar or whatever a star and you're like oh uh, my star gotta be it. no he don't if he ain't doing then he can just book sit on the bench like it ain't because that's how he got beat against houston yeah harden harden and ain't wasn't getting the job done they were down 20 something they tell me say all right well we're gonna put these people in see what they can do and they brought them all the way back so way you ain't back. always got to play somebody just because of their stature or whatever if they ain't performing sit they butt down yeah so um, yeah so yeah doc um he, he his it's looking real that hall of fame looking real sketchy for doc i i did that for me but i know a lot of people like him because he's doc rivers he got a oh, cool nickname please. whatever but um Mm, that Hall of Fame looking real shit iffy right now, buddy. You're going to win, my brother. You're going to have to right. win in order to, to to secure that Hall of Fame spot as far as a, a coach. Because you couldn't win with because you couldn't win with Kawhi Paul George 
and now you can't win with Ben Simmons and Embiid. That don't look good. That don't look good at all. And T Mac. And T Mac. Yeah, absolutely. Like prime T Mac. You know what I'm right. saying? Like it's it's looking it's looking rough, Doc. So I mean, uh, hopefully the Sixers they they put it together. You know what I'm saying? And they can uh, rebound here. And so that was the that is the Eastern Conference. Uh, that was the semis. And so now we'll just move back over to the West and where we have the uh, Suns and the Jazz. They had game one. Uh, Chris Paul is out due to COVID. Now, he did test positive for COVID. Uh, the news came over a couple hours ago that he will be all out for game two as well uh, due to uh, still having the virus there uh, or still he just didn't he just didn't pass the correct testing. So he will miss game two. Uh, game one, Devin Booker had the first triple-double of his career, and he picked a great time to have it uh, in the playoffs. Um, he had a phenomenal game yesterday. It was beautiful to see that. And sure enough, uh, he's he is he's currently the mid-range god right now. You know what I'm saying? Like elbow jumpers, free throw line jumpers, pull-up jumpers, whatever you want. <laughs> like like he's serving, he's serving them up. And so uh, a lot of the Kobe comparisons are starting to come in now. And so, uh, what, did did you get a chance to catch game one, start to finish? Huh? Oh yeah, I watched it. I watched the whole thing. He just was. He gets. He just knows how to. He knows how to exploit matchups. Like once he saw Zubac couldn't do nothing with him in the screen in the screen and roll game, he just attacked it every single play. It wasn't. He ain't let him off the hook. He kept going at it and kept getting to he kept getting to his spot, kept getting to his spot. And once he got to his spot, he like he said, he had to his his first nature is to score. Yeah. So he was trying to score. But once the defense started collapsing, then he started passing. That's when the assist came in. That started opening everything up for everybody else. Yes. So um he's he's finding his he's found he's finding his game. He, he like, hit another level. Yeah, like he's going, he's taking up another level. His skills have went up more, and I don't, and I hate when people say he's not a three point shooter. I'm like, I don't, what, I don't like just just because he don't shoot ten a game, and he'll shoot like maybe five, four or five. He's he's a shooter, like he can score, but he's really a shooter too. So I hate when people say that about him. Like they don't, that mean you don't watch him enough. But um, I guess maybe that Chris Paul impact is rubbing off on him, where you just start. When you play with better players, like you just start picking up stuff. Like he's showing you certain stuff that you might not have seen, and it's elevating your game. And he's just soaking it all in. Uh, he watches a lot of Kobe, and Kobe is in a lot of his games if if you watch him closely. Um, and then yeah, Phoenix, they just they and the one thing I like about them too, they enjoy. You can tell they enjoy playing with each other. Yeah, like they don't care who's like if it's your night to shine. Like they know Devin. Devin and Chris are the stars, and DeAndre is number uh, three. Yeah, he's number three, and probably you know a future star. But they they just play their role, like yeah. they do what they supposed to do. That's they don't they never they rarely ever try to do too much. That's why they low on turnovers. You don't be seeing them arguing the whole lot. They look they they happy when they are happy to play with each other. You seen everybody game go up this year. Uh, it's like everybody on the team got better. Everybody individual individually skill wise. So um, yeah, that was a that was the takeaway I took from it. And I think that if Kawhi don't come back, they're just out man because they have because Chris Paul coming back. So 
yeah. they'll have CP3 and Book while you're mostly relying on PG and you never know who the second option going to be the day for the Clippers. Reggie Jackson going to be hot one day. He can be off the next, one, next day. Marcus Morris, same thing. Terrence Mann, you might never see him score 25 or 30. Again. You might, you might, you not might see never see him score 30 ever again. So, uh, but they did find someone they put Boogie in. Though. Boogie was giving buckets, but he always doing Boogie stuff, him and Dwight Howard. Just some, like love to act, play fake tough and get a lot of fouls and you have to go sit on the bench real fast. So yeah. if he could stay in the game and stop doing difference. all the yeah, all the stupid stuff, because he came in immediately, dunked on some what you call it. Harsh, <laughs> <He> got, yeah. <laughs> got, dunked on him big nasty and got an and one. And he hit two, I think it was two threes, if I'm not mistaken. Like as soon as he got in the game. So if he could stop doing dumb stuff, he he could really he might come be a difference maker. In the series, but I think I think Phoenix just as a team, they just too they're clicking right now. So I think they might take they're gonna take it and probably I'm gonna say I'm gonna say six. I think if Kawhi don't come back, it might even be five. Yeah, I got I got Suns I got Suns in seven. I'm saying Suns in seven, but I if yeah, uh, it's just Suns Suns in seven. Uh, that's really just how how I see this one end up turning out. Um, I think it's just like we're gonna have a couple freak freak games where Reggie gets hot. PG is gonna have a game where he, I feel like he'll have a game where where he does lead them to a dub. Um, and I think it's just role players. But overall, I'm not picking against the Suns anymore. Uh, the Suns were my preseason team. I'm not picking against them anymore. I've seen enough. The Suns are who, who I'm rolling with until the wheels fall off. Um, and like you say, Chris Paul is coming back. That's the ultimate weapon that that you get back. Uh, that may be the best weapon that any team, remaining team in the playoffs, uh, could ever ask for. So I mean, uh, and like I said, I think Chris is arguably playing the best basketball of his career right now. Um, everybody stepped up on the Sun squad, like you said. Aiden plays better. I think he's averaging around a triple double. Uh, not a triple double. I'm sorry, a double double, uh, where he's getting at, at least 12, 13 boards a game. He's pouring in at least 18 buckets a game. Um, so, uh, and even other guys are just stepping up. Like you say, Cam, Cameron Payne, y'all know how I feel about him, but he's playing good. Uh, Cam Johnson, he's playing good defense and he's getting timely shots. Jay Crowder, timely shots. And he's always going to play good defense. Um, even down, even down to, uh, Mikhail Bridges, even that he, yeah. And he might be the most, the, and I thought he was the most out of, out of, at behind the top three people, like Bridges, I thought he's the one who probably one day can average like twenty a game because of his skill sets. And he just and he got better. He just fit in his role. Yeah, yeah, and he plays great defense as well. You know Amazing. what I mean? So I mean, it's the the sky is really the limit for them. You know what I mean? And I I I'm rolling with Phoenix until until the wheels fall off. So that's just what it is. And so I think that kind of ties up the the Western Conference there. And then what about over there in the East? What we got uh, Milwaukee and we got the ATL. ATL Hawks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think the only – well, I picked the Hawks in the first series. And I picked – they only played two series, right? Yeah. I, I ain't picked. They okay. played uh, the Knicks in round one. They played Milwaukee round two. I mean, yeah. uh, Philly round two. Okay. So, this is – I have – I have Milwaukee winning. I have Milwaukee winning it, obviously, because – uh, the Giannis matchup is going to be very tough on John Collins. The Middleton matchup is going to be tough on whoever trying to check him. 
and Drew is gonna make it tough on Trey as far as the um on the defensive end. And also the thing I like about Milwaukee is if they doing a pick and roll game with Trey and Capella, Giannis or PJ Tucker can play a five. And on you can all and you can well and you can switch that you can switch that screen. Yeah. Or like they can step out and hold it long enough and be able to get back to the paint and guard the roller. So um, that's the one thing I'm going to be looking to watch is how they go guard the pick and roll with Trey. But I think that's what they're going to do because if they want to switch, I mean, Holiday's a good defender. He knows how to front people and use his body and his size to keep them out there at the paint. And um, I just think that the Hawks, I don't I don't know if they're ready. And, that's, and there's some people on their team, I just – they're young, and I just don't trust them yet. Not saying I trust Milwaukee at all, right. <laughs> but I just trust – I feel more confident in them beating the Hawks four times before I feel the Hawks could beat them four times. I feel like if they play 10 games, Milwaukee will win seven out of out of ten. So I'm just gonna I just think Milwaukee is just the more physically gifted team as if they just use their size, which is their number one advantage over all the teams, over all the teams that's except for maybe uh the Suns, if they get to the finals, I think they just have to use, just use what you have. Yeah. Get Giannis close to the goal so you can get them big man foul trouble and then let everything else play out from there. And I and I think that'll be fine because I don't think Atlanta, I think, I think they, I, their run, they had a great run. With the injuries at that wing position is going to cost them with no Cam and no uh, DeAndre. Once them two, once Bogdanovich, then like once Bogdanovich comes out the game and you're relying on Gallinari and Solomon Hill, it ain't. I don't think those players can impact the game enough to you know change the tough. series. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, uh, I I echo that. I echo every single thing that that you say right there. It's uh, I got Bucks and five. I think the Hawks they'll be able to get uh one game. Uh, Trey Young, he does have like some type of shoulder injury. Uh, you you see them, they keep wrapping his shoulder at every time he, he does get a chance to go to the bench. Uh, I forgot about the DeAndre Hunter uh, injury. Cam Reddish, it's another uh, quality wing body that you can use. He His status is up in the air due to his Achilles injury that he suffered. Um, and even uh, Bogdanovich, he has some type of knee injury as well. And I didn't know that he had knee issues on the same knee prior to this. Uh, they said he had like a, a knee sprain. And he had like torn ligaments prior to that in, in the same knee. So uh, you hate to see it, but it's the playoffs. And it kind of goes back to a, a shortened season, the bigger conversation that everybody is having around that. But that's something that we'll get to uh, at, at, the, at the season wrap up there. But um, I got Bucks and five. Uh, the height is too much. I've seen enough of Clint Capella in a Rockets jersey to know he's not going to make it <laughs> like he's not going to make it. I, I really do assume by the second half of game two, he's going to check out because Giannis is just going to body him. PJ is just going to little boy him. Yes. PJ Tucker is going to little boy. Uh, Clint Capella. Clint Capella is soft. He's not tough. It doesn't protect the rim. He may be like my absolute, like, hated player like remaining in the playoffs right 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 now like I think he protects it just not against 
the elite players. Like, right. like you know, once the elite players start getting, the elite players get the best of But everybody else, he can, he, 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 he'll block their shot. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he he does he does great against you know uh, Stephen Adams. Like he does fantastic. Oh. <laughs> like, Laser work. Right, yeah. Northern Snowell. He does fantastic, <laughs> fantastic work. <laughs> Everybody else, good luck, good luck, Clint. Yeah, this this one's about to be on you. You about to get exposed, Playboy. Right, so he, uh, he and, got a thirty piece put on him last series. So right uh, with with somebody with a torn knee. So uh, what do you think uh, Giannis is going to do to him? And Giannis only has really three moves it's the power dribble the euro step and the uh the spin, the spin move. move yeah so you but clint about to get put into a blender with this one so good luck good luck clint um so yeah i got uh bucks and five in this one uh sons and seven over there in the western conference i think we do end up seeing sons and sons and bucks in the uh conference well in the nba finals and so uh yeah that'll be to be determined and so uh, before we get off of the full NBA, uh, we do have some coaching vacancies. Well, did you have anything, anything else you wanted to add to that at Atlanta and uh, Bucks? Um, no, but uh, Atlanta, they do have a coaching advantage. Yeah. So if McMillan can find a way to score in different ways rather than just that pick and roll game um, and – Again, you got to find a way to build that wall and not let Giannis get in that paint. That's their, they'll, they might can, they might can shock the world and get there with a five, ten ish point, 160 pound point guard and get to the NBA finals. So, uh, so that's the one thing I do. I like their, their coaching. We, it's going to be about the adjustments that they make and the boot and the bud don't make them quick enough. And if they lose, you know, he got, he definitely going to be one of these vacancies too. Yeah, yeah, six is going to go balloon to seven. And so uh, with these coaching vacancies, uh, well, first with the coaches, I just want to highlight the black coaches that have made it this far, you know what I'm saying, in this this postseason. Three out of four, the last three out of four coaches are black. So shout out to Coach Nate. Um, he is currently – he still has the interim, interim tag, uh, but I don't think that's going to last. Uh, as soon as their season's over, I think he's – they're going to give him whatever he asked for, you know what I'm saying, because he's – He's definitely taken this Hawks team to another level uh, ever since he took over for Lloyd Pierce. And so I just want to uh, highlight those coaches there. Uh, Nate McMillan, uh, Doc Rivers blew it, but I want to highlight Doc because he was here in the mix. Uh, I want to highlight Ty Lue, and I also want to highlight Monty Williams uh, just for just for the, the job that they've done uh, to get their teams this far. And a lot right. of these teams are uh, – are, you didn't expect those teams to be to be this far. So. Right. Cause I think in my head yesterday, I went through all the coaches and I believe how many we just, you just named four. I believe there's only, it might only be four. Yeah. It's somewhere between, four. it's only like, it's no more than six for sure. I think I went through my head and I named those four and I believe. Eric Spolster, he's Latino. So he's that that don't count, you know what I'm saying? Right. I think that's I think that's it for black coaches in the league. And to see all and to see all of them still last that long, it shows you um that black coaches um can get the job done. Yep, they know what they're doing. All right. They know what they're doing, you know what I'm saying? As far as you know, what I'm saying just advancement, you know what I'm saying, of, of the game and just putting players in the correct positions to succeed overall. 
So they're definitely doing they're definitely doing their part. And I just want to salute all those coaches. And so from positive to uh, the coaching vacancies that we do have, Atlanta has the interim tag on Nate McMillan. But I think, like I said, I think that'll be lifted as soon as their season ends. Portland announced today that their final two candidates is uh, Chauncey Billups and Becky Hammond. Uh, Boston is still on the search for their coach. Indiana is still searching for a coach. New Orleans got rid of Stan Van Gundy. Thank goodness. Uh, never should have hired him in the first place. And Rick Carlisle steps away from the uh, Mavs. And I think Rick is maybe going to end up in Boston or he'll end up with Milwaukee, depending if Milwaukee gets rid of Coach Bud, depending on how the how their season ends. Uh, but uh, we have those are those candidates. And so since you are the uh, Portland expert, I'll let you go ahead and take, take it away for what, what you would hope for the, for the Blazers. Okay, my wish is whoever Dane wants, just get him. Whoever he wants, take him. That's number. That's number one. Number two, um, I feel like Chauncey is more. Is I don't know why, but I feel like he's bigger than a basketball than a head coach. I feel like he should be a GM or a player operations or heck, even a commissioner. He just got that, or to me, he just got that aura and that demeanor about him. That he should be something like that. Agreed. But um, but if he gets the job, I definitely wouldn't mind because I mean. He was a starting point guard for a long time. He's an NBA champion. He a borderline. He's not. He probably not gonna make it to the Hall of Fame, but he's a upper. He's he was a All Star player during his time. A multiple, you know, one of the best point guards during his time. So I would mind him getting a job. And also, even Becky Hammond, I don't mind her getting a job because number one, she she played for years in the WNBA, and number. And she was she's a Hall of Famer in the W in the uh, WNBA. Number two, um, she she I ain't gonna say she put the time in, but she yeah she has worked she has worked in the field long enough to where she should have opportunity to come her way. Uh, being as a as a female, I mean she's been under Popovich for four five years, yeah. um, coaching. So I uh, and I feel like she has uh, for some reason I, I I don't even know her and I respect her. <laughs> so I feel like she's probably earned the respect of a whole bunch of, a lot of players respect her and like her so I think they'll they would listen to her even though she is you know a woman that we haven't seen that before so um if I, honestly if Dame was younger I think they probably they would probably be, they would take a chance on her just to do something different you know and give a woman and give her the opportunity that she worked for but uh I think they're gonna probably end up going with Chauncey if those if those are the only two candidates left I think he might be the one that Dame would rather have that job, especially at this age and stage in his career. Um, so that's that's what Portland. Um, the other teams, I think the most interesting one is obviously, I think, Dallas. Yeah. You have a chance to coach one of the five best players in the league in a, they say, not a small, in a big market. It's, it's a big market, but they treat it like a small market. Um and that don't you usually don't get that like a, a top five player that young to coach him, you know, for the foreseeable future. So that's probably the best one. But um, Dallas has always had a problem getting free agents, which is still it's still crazy, like still crazy to me. Like that people don't want to go there. No state taxes. You're in Dallas. You're you're in Texas. I mean, I don't I don't see what's I don't see what's wrong with I don't it. see the issue. Dallas is a Dallas is a nice city. Um, I have a great time in Dallas now. Yeah, the reason so, why I, had, I just came back from Dallas. Yeah, <laughs> so, so I don't know. I don't know who they're gonna hire. I think they might 
I don't know who the heck they're going to look for. I don't know if they want somebody young or if they want somebody experienced or do they want to try be one of the people like and try Becky Hammond, maybe Mark Cuban take that chance. He is a businessman, so who Mark so, Martin? I do. I hate to put it like that, but they just now coming. They just now coming off of a, off of a female scandal, so right. And they swept it's, that one under the under rug real quick, but kind of, kind of what LSU did when they hired Kim Mulkey. But we we ain't gonna get into that. This is <laughs> a big podcast, um, right? <laughs> So yeah, that one, and then also Boston is interesting too, because you know Carlisle used to play for Boston, so maybe he goes there and be a veteran coach there and coach those young guys up. Um, and again, Tatum is probably he's a top ten player probably in the league. So uh, you don't get like it's not, and he's still and he's young, so still young. He young. It's a nice, nice big market. A lot of history, so who knows who they go after? And also, um, as far as New Orleans. We, I must say we because I'm from Louisiana, so I'm like I have to be a Pelicans fan as well. Yeah, we need somebody young. Like hiring Van Gundy was the worst thing they could ever done. I'm like this team is too young to listen to somebody who ain't coached in a couple years, and when last time he coached wasn't good. So they need somebody young who has a who's gonna be creative with their offense and who's gonna who also would motivate them to play some dang defense for once in a while. Yeah. And if if you want Zion to stay, because as we see, his parent, his family is like, they kind of want him out of New Orleans because of the Stan Van uh, yeah, experiment. So they kind of want him out of New Orleans already. And he's a he's a big market. He's a He can go anywhere because he's Zion Williamson. Yeah, he's Thanos so, of the NBA. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he's one of the most popular players in the league. So we got to do whatever we can to keep him in New Orleans, to keep the Pelicans in New Orleans for uh for they can. Seeable future. Yeah, so um, they need to find uh, somebody young, full of energy. And um, I don't know, maybe they try somebody like a Sam Cassell. He's not, he not old, but he's, as a coach, he's young. He's in his, what, he should be he in his 40s. Yeah. Um, somebody like him, maybe who knows? Maybe it fits there. Another try, West Unsell Junior for uh the Nuggets, maybe him. Um, but yeah, they need some. They need to find somebody young too. And um, maybe even Penny, Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway. You know, maybe hey, just... hey, they they hire Penny Hardaway. I'm gonna find me some money and I'm gonna get season tickets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Penny Hardaway would would be a real good hire for for the Pelicans and. Of course, I just I don't want to skip over uh, the great Teresa Witherspoon. I don't want to skip over her because oh, yeah. she's she's already in the in the uh, on the coaching staff as is. Right. Well, she's a part of the organization as is. So, I would love to see her to get a shot. Penny, um, even Jason Kidd, because the Jason Kidd experiment to me it looks like a lot like those Nets teams. Brandon Ingram is a super upgrade from Richard Jefferson. He does way more than what Richard Jefferson could ever do on the basketball floor. Kenny Martin, Zion Williams, kind of the same player. Zion may be a bit more explosive. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Jason Kidd and Lonzo, kind of the same players. So, I mean, you can initiate the same offense and make everything else go. Um, you know, of course, you had other pieces. But uh, those would be the the three that I would like to see take over the New Orleans job. And as far as Celtics, I could care less. I think, you know, they're, they're going to go with uh, Carlisle, ATL. They better do the right thing. Keep Nate. Um Indiana could care less. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I, for, I forgot we even mentioned them. I mean, they do got some a nice young core. LeBert, 
Brogdon and Sabonis. Yeah, but I, I, mean, I think they're getting rid of Miles this summer too. But yeah, probably so. Yeah, and then uh, they talk, maybe even Brogdon probably getting rid of them too. I heard. I wouldn't be surprised, but uh, the those interesting teams there: Atlanta, Portland, Boston, Dallas. Those are the playoff teams. Of, well, uh, or on the cusp of the playoffs. Um, those are the, those are really the teams that, that I'm really looking forward to to see what they do, and I think we we will end up with a out of this group of six. You never know what franchise could move on from their coach as well. But yeah, question: Do you think Utah moves on? I don't think Utah moves on, but I think if the Celtics come calling for Quinn Snyder, I think that would be the only job he takes. I think see, I think he would take that job before he takes. Uh, I see Quinn Snyder either in Dallas or in Boston, but I think he takes one of one of those two. If nobody, no, nothing else is offered, he stays place. He stays put. Because I think I feel like Utah got the number one seed this year. They, I think with Quinn, they may have hit their ceiling. I don't know how long he's been there, but I think it's been long enough to where they're like, even though they don't have the. I don't think they have the talent to win the NBA championship, but I also don't think he would be the coach that could that can elevate them and lead them past some, you know, some roster deficiencies. So yeah. that was just one I was just curious about. That that is a good that is a good good one off though. You know, especially they have new ownership that came in there. D Wade is a part of that ownership group. Uh, so you never know. It's that's not the coach that ownership group has hired, but the current you know administration is hired. So who knows? You know. Uh, but that that is a good one off. And uh, just to go ahead and just kind of wrap up things, uh, the Olympics will take place this summer. Um, and the Team USA men's uh, basketball roster, they are rounding into place. Um, it is a 12 man roster. And currently uh, they have uh, the commitments are. It's just pulling up right here. Uh, we have Kevin Durant announced that he's going to be a part of the team. James Harden uh, later on followed suit and committed to the team. Uh, Bam, uh, Bam in and uh, look at me saying New Orleans. Bam in Miami committed. Uh, Dame Lillard committed. Jason Tatum committed. Bradley Beal committed. Um, and Draymond Green committed as well. And so, uh, and they're going to be coached by Greg Popovich, who is the successor of Coach K. So, uh, any thoughts about this? this small group of the Olympic team so far? I like it. I think, I honestly think Kevin Durant should probably sit it out. Him and Harden, I think they probably should sit it out, but I mean, it is, they do want to go better. So, uh, and they do want the best players representing the Olympics. So, I mean, Durant probably can play. Harden, I would sit him out because they thought it ain't right. It, it wasn't right. So, I would, I don't like to see him playing. Um, what else? Uh, I think one thing I would – I just thought about this. I would want to see, though, but we can't do it. I think Ben is from Australia. I don't think he can play for Team USA, but I would like to see him play with them just because to get his mind – keep his mind in basketball and free at the same time. So, like, he ain't just sitting around, just, like, listening to all the noise. He could be around some other players, and, you know, they'll be practicing. He'll be shooting some shots then. Maybe somebody talk to him, give him some advice or something like that. You know, just keep his, him in the right basketball mind frame, stuff like that. 
Yeah. Um. But I mean, they still they got so much young talent that they can pull from. That like, it's we're not gonna be seeing the LeBrons no more, the Carmelos, the D Wades, and like like new era. our yeah our era. It's a new era. Our era is is for is pretty much officially is is like over with as being like the top the cream of the crop. Like our the people we looked up to come and we've grown up with their on they they're on the you know downside of their careers, but it's good to see all these young people like like Mitchell and he, he ain't got a call from the he ain't got a call from the Olympics yet. Booker committed um, also. I forgot to mention. It did. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, like Booker and Mitchell, Jai Zion, uh, Lamelo, Lamelo. Like we got all these young players that we can throw out there. Like we, we should. We gonna we are going to win. But um, it's just gonna feel different seeing like maybe the oldest people being like like Steph might play, uh, and saying like Steph is old is crazy, right? It was right. KD, they would be the but, oldest. Yeah, like Steph, Durant, and Harden, like the old heads on the, they the old the elder men of the of the team, and they only in it and they in their early thirties. So it's um, it's gonna, be it's gonna be good. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, we're gonna we're going to run away with it again because nobody in the world can guard Kevin Durant. So that's just, that's what we going to win on him alone. Yeah. So I'm ready for it. I'm Absolutely. looking forward to it. And so uh, the Olympics, uh, their, their schedule, it pretty much goes, uh, the training camp for Team USA begins on July 6th. So that's coming up real quick. Training camp begins in Vegas. Uh, the Olympics is set to start July 23rd in Tokyo. Uh, the stage Olympics for the, the basketball tournament runs from July 25th to August 1st, the knockout stage, August 3rd through 7th. And that is from CBS Sports. So uh, that is, that pretty much wraps it up there for this edition of the Perspective Podcast. And uh, yeah, this was, uh, this is just uh, a conference finals preview, uh, conference semifinal wrap up. And yeah, just moving forward, uh, I just hope that we have great basketball just going forward here. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the second round of the playoffs. I can't say that I've, I've really just been this locked into the second round in a long time. Uh, but this was a really good, good round, round of games. The Suns took, you know, they finished first. They were off for a full week. Uh, Milwaukee just went through a grueling seven game series, Atlanta, seven game series. Uh, and the Clippers just went through a, a grueling six game series. So, uh, hopefully, you know what I'm saying we get a chance to see, and nobody else gets hurt going forward. Because I feel like yeah. as soon as I feel like as soon as we wrapped up the last pod, somebody got hurt. Boy, it may have been Kyrie that was that was hurt uh, next. So hopefully, everybody else st- stays healthy. We get a chance to see uh, some great basketball, and and that's it. You got any, anything else you want to add before we go ahead and wrap up, dog? Nah, that was my main thing. Just help. Just hope everybody stay. Just help everybody stays healthy, so we can see who's truly, like, we can see the, who's truly the better of the uh, the 14th left. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So, until next time, y'all, I thank y'all for checking out the Perspective Podcast. Uh, we will be back as soon as the conference finals wrap up. Uh, we'll give you a finals uh, preview. Uh, we're no experts, but we just, you know, we're, we're coaches from the coaches from the couch. So, uh, that, that's just what we are. And so, uh, I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Until next time, y'all. 
y'all check out the hat store. Uh, the links are down below. And make sure y'all follow Tevin on all of his socials down below as well. And until next time, y'all, thank y'all for tuning in. Peace. <laughs>